0: I invite you to turn with me to Matthew 1, and I'll be reading the verses 18 through 25. It's the first book of the New Testament, and once again, the Lord is speaking to us this morning through His holy word. Matthew 1:18 through25. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
1: Father, thank you. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you that we can sing our praises, that we can talk to you in prayer, that we can engage your word, that we can join with all creation in praising you and worshiping you. Pray that this time of worship and reflection on your word may shape us and form us to be more and more who you've called us and created us to be. I pray that the words which will be spoken now, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Amen. Matthew. Matthew focuses on Joseph. Matthew helps us to see the birth of Jesus through Joseph's experience. We often experience the birth of Jesus through, through the angels and the shepherds and through Mary. But as Lauren said, Joseph doesn't say a whole lot. Joseph is almost a, a side figure in the story. And yet he is a key person in the life of Jesus Christ. But Joseph's world's turned upside down he's been he 's been brought into this marriage relationship with Mary. likely, their families work together to to bring them together, join their families together, but they 're not living together yet, because the jewish the Jewish way was you were engaged for a year beforehand, and that was also considered being married. But they actually didn't begin to live together until a year had passed. Now within that year, Mary becomes pregnant and Joseph, Joseph's world is shattered. What am I going to do is going through his head. How can I go through with this wedding with a woman who he believes has been unfaithful and faithful to him. And yet he doesn't want to hurt her. But how do you stay married to somebody who, while she's married to somebody else, sleeps with another man and becomes pregnant with his child? And we get a good glimpse into who Joseph is through Matthew. What his character is. What his heart is like. Joseph's a man who follows God. He's a righteous man. He he does the right things. He faithfully follows God's law. He chooses God's way every time over his own way. And there's a whole lot of laws and rules that God gives. And Joseph does his best to follow them all. Some laws are pretty harsh and hard. They're not always easy to follow. And see, Joseph is a righteous man, but he's also a compassionate man. He doesn't want to embarrass or disgrace Mary. Even though, that's, even though he believes she's been unfaithful to him. He wrestles in his mind and in his heart. What do I do about this woman? What do I do with a wife who's carrying another man's child? He decides to act with grace and with mercy. He could have taken vengeance. He, he, he could have had the law on his side by, you know, take her out and, and stone her. Deuteronomy says, if a man happens to meet in town, a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you'll take both of them to the gate of that town and stone him to death. The young woman, because she's in town and didn't scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife. This wasn't stuff to fool around with. God takes the relationship between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, really seriously. But where God gives the ability to punish, he often also gives the ability to show grace. So Joseph decides to follow Moses' guidelines on how to quietly get a divorce. Moses writes in Deuteronomy twenty four If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his home, the marriage is over. And this allows Joseph to keep it private, to keep it quiet. Protects the dignity of everybody who's involved. And he's still following God's law, but with a spirit of grace and mercy. We get a sense from Matthew and from the difficulty of the situation that Joseph puts a lot of thought and prayer into his decision. Now we read it in a couple of verses but this wouldn't have been something that Joseph hears the news and goes, oh, I can do vengeance or I can do mercy. This may have been days or weeks of him getting down on his knees and saying, what do I do? How do I move forward? I want to do what's right, but I don't want to hurt her. And it's only after Joseph walks this difficult path of decision-making that God enters the picture in a different way. God sends an angel. During the whole time Joseph is agonizing through the problem of his marriage to Mary, God lets Joseph work through his options. Vengeance or a form of grace, both allowed in his law. See, God isn't necessarily there to hold our hands when we need to make a decision, even if they're hard and really, really difficult decisions to make. God's given us his word and the spirit to guide us he allows us to make harsh decisions in the name of justice. And yet often gives us the option of grace. The option of mercy. The option of love instead. Yet all our decisions need to honor God. Sometimes we need to make decisions on which direction we should go knowing that the decision we make will cause a, a major change in who we are and what kind of person we will become. God normally doesn't appear in front of us and tell us directly, do this or do that. You got a hard decision to make? You want to obey Jesus? I'll start by turning to the Bible for wisdom. See, the Bible's written by people who they have walked life. They've walked life with and sometimes without God, and they've learned. They've learned what pleases God and what doesn't. Take a look at what God says—the teaching parts. The Old Testament word comes from God through prophets and, and look at the New Testament the words from Jesus what he taught Look at the principles and foundation that Jesus lays out for us on how to live And if it's still not clear there's all these wise people that God puts in our our life who know us and can offer wisdom. There's also the wisdom and the brains that God has given us as the Holy Spirit works in us, guiding us through our conscience. Spend time in prayer. It's amazing how often prayer makes things clear. As Matthew Henry writes, it is the thoughtful, not the unthinking, whom God will guide. If you're not willing to, to struggle hard over decisions, why do you expect God to just kind of come and say, hey, do this? You will learn more about who you are and who God is. You'll learn more about life by wrestling first. God doesn't promise easy, but He does promise His presence. Now, Joseph wants to be obedient to God. But he also wants to be grace-filled. And it's only after he makes his decision that God shows up with another option. Keep Mary as your wife. Raise her child as your own. Teach the boy Mary's going to have and help him to love the law and keep it. The angel tells Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and and you're to give him the name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. And Joseph knew the Old Testament. He knew Hosea and his wife Gomer. Gomer. He knows that God understands what it's like to have an unfaithful wife, how hard it'll be, how it makes God look. And yet God reassures Joseph in saying, this child is not illegitimate. This child is from me. But this child needs an earthly father. This child needs somebody with skin and bones to walk with him, to talk with him, to protect him, to provide for him. So Joseph's told to give Mary's son the name Jesus. And in naming the boy, Joseph takes on the role of father to Jesus, adopting Jesus as his own son. Thus inserting Jesus into the lineage of King David. Now Joseph has a choice to make. Obey the commands of the angel or stick with his decision based on the law of Moses. Matthew writes, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph obeys even though it means taking on Mary's shame. And when a child's born, Joseph assumes the responsibility of being Jesus' father. Naming the boy Jesus as the angel had commanded, Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminds us that faith and obedience are closely tied together. He writes that faith demands obedience, and without obedience, there's no faith. See, Bonhoeffer doesn't believe in an easy or cheap faith. When Jesus tells his followers, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, Bonhoeffer says, well, of course. What else would we do? See, the other side of it, he says, is that if you, if you don't follow Jesus' commandments, you don't love them and you don't have any faith. See, because then you love yourself more. And you put your faith in yourself. Following Jesus is high commitment. It's all life demanding. And Joseph gets it. He obeys obeys even when it's hard. And it's going to cost him respect and status within his community. He obeys because God says, do it. Joseph quietly and obediently does as God says. See, following Jesus doesn't always mean making a scene about it. Mostly following Jesus. is just every time during the day saying yes to Jesus in all those small daily choices that we make about who we are and about how we live with each other. Gene Peterson writes, God's word makes things happen. He makes something happen in us. The imperative, the command form, is a primary verb form in the Holy Scripture. Let there be light. It's a command. Go. It's a command. Come. It's a command. Repent. It's a command. Believe. Believe. It's a command. Be still. It's a command. Be healed. It's a command. Get up. It's a command. Ask. It's a command. Love. It's a command. Pray. It's a command. And the intended consequence of the imperative is obedience. Pay attention to Jesus and listen. That's how you discover who you are and where the Spirit's leading you. But you also discover who Jesus is and how he and the Holy Spirit are right here with you, working in you and through you This is faith that's Jesus-centered and has its roots in his action in you. Through Joseph's righteous obedience, God moves forward his plan of saving his people from their sin, bringing new life to those who believe in Jesus, fulfilling the promises he made to his people generations before. Matthew reminds us, Reminds us that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There is something so powerful about God with us. God gives Jesus an earthly father to teach him the things fathers teach their children. Joseph teaches Jesus about God as the scriptures, as Deuteronomy 4 tells him to. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart only be careful and watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live and teach them to your children and to their children after them. Deuteronomy 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. Joseph taught Jesus the stories of who God is. Of how God has saved his people time and time and time again in the past. Always keeping his covenant, never giving up on his people. Joseph taught Jesus the importance of obeying God, God's law. of obeying the God who has claimed him and them as his people. To obey the God who has has shaped them into a unique and a peculiar person dedicated to God. But Joseph also lived it out and he became an example for Jesus. Jesus. On what obedience looks like. To obey, even though it may make life difficult. Or even when we don't understand what's going on or why. Jesus lives out obedience to God, his Father. And he tempers it with grace, and with mercy, and with love as his father Joseph did. We obey because our faith calls us to obedience to God, because our trust is in Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, who's working out all things for our good, even when we don't understand it at the time. So Jesus learns from Joseph and sees modeled in Joseph's life that helps Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus wants nothing more than to change the road ahead, he still says to God, not my will, but your will be done. Obediently walking the road to the cross so that we can experience forgiveness, we can experience grace, mercy, and love so that we can have new life parents and grandparents aunts and uncles children and youth of our congregation need to see your obedience if you want them to trust in Jesus alone they need to see that you do that They need to see that you trust Jesus and that you want nothing more than to get to know him better and better. Your neighbors and coworkers and anyone you're trying to invite to follow Jesus with you, they need to see how obedience to Jesus changes your life. Changes who you are for the better. They need to experience Jesus' love for them through you. Through the love, the mercy, and the grace that you show them. By walking with them through their difficult times. Obedience and trust. It's a sign. Of your faith in Jesus Christ. How big is your sign? Amen. Father, you saw that we need people in our lives who are willing to obey you. We're willing to say yes to you in all those daily decisions that we're called to make to shape our lives on who you are and who Jesus is and on who the Holy Spirit is shaping us to be. And Lord, we pray that as adults we may be those types of people for our children and our youth. We pray we may be those kinds of people for the community around us so that they may learn more about who you are through how we live as we obey you, as we follow you, as we live with the love and the grace and the mercy that your son lives, lived and taught. So Lord, help us. Help us to be obedient. Help us to always say yes to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.